Welcome to Precept to Practice, CEMPAC's podcast created specifically for preceptors of pharmacy learners. We've heard a lot about microaggressions in the past couple of years. A microaggression can include verbal, behavioral, or environmental aggressions that negatively communicate about race, culture, or gender. They can be intentional or unintentional, but either way can negatively impact healthcare interactions, whether those involve students, patients, or both. This week I'm speaking with Anissa Hansen, Associate Professor of Pharmacy Practice at Drake University. Her passion is educating learners on topics in the areas of mental health, LGBTQ health and wellness, and equity and inclusion. She's a mental health clinical pharmacist for Iowa Lutheran Hospital and also leads diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives for the College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences at Drake. Anissa has firsthand experience in supporting students who have experienced microaggressions as part of their pharmacy practice experiences, so I wanted to learn more about how she has navigated those situations to support her students. I hope you appreciate that conversation as much as I did. Well, hi, Anissa. Thank you so much for joining me today for what I think is a really important conversation. I'm hoping that we can start by having you talk a little bit about your own professional journey and how creating safe learning spaces has become such a focus of your teaching and of your work in general. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, um, Kathy. Part of my position now at Drake as a professor of pharmacy practice is also uh, to support our diversity, equity, and inclusion learning spaces here on campus, as well as our experiential sites. And what I found as an experiential preceptor is that I've actually seen a lot of impact on that microaggressions can have on the student learning environment, and just the importance of preceptors to recognize that and how to respond appropriately can really kind of make or break the student's learning experience. And then just as a former IPPE coordinator, I would hear this quite a bit um, from the student perspective of their experiences and whether they thought their preceptor was supportive and maybe some interactions with patients. So um, very thankful to be able to share some of this knowledge uh, with your listeners. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for providing a little bit of of sort of the background and and journey that you've been on in the experiential uh, setting. Could you kind of begin by describing the concept of microaggression and then maybe talk about how those might occur or manifest in an experiential setting? Yeah, sure. So the definition of microaggressions are brief and commonplace, like daily verbal, behavioral, environmental indignities. They can be intentional or unintentional, and they really communicate a hostile or derogatory environment. And what I usually like to say as well is micro is in terms of the perception of the aggressor, not in the hurtful impact it can have on our students. So basically everything sends a message and these negative impacts um, show up many different ways for our students. One way that I think of that I see frequently is just a comment like, oh, you're the pharmacist by a patient. And, you know, whether that the individual is an individual of color or female or however we see that, those students right, or, right away have an impact on that communication with that patient and don't perhaps feel safe in that environment. And one thing we really need to do as preceptors is helping that environment, but also supporting our students after that incident happens. So, you know, we always say in experiential education that we don't ever have to make up our cases because they just, they come to us, unfortunately, many times they come to us naturally. So 
my guess is that you've seen this and experienced or, or witnessed students experiencing microaggressions as part of their experiential learning um, process. So I'm guessing it's a real problem. How frequently are things like this happening? Are students even speaking up when these things are happening? You know, how do we know the extent of the, of the issue? I think it probably happens a lot more than we know about. I think students start to become almost expectant of something to happen on their experiences that they don't know what kind of support they're going to get from their preceptor or coordinators. And so I don't think they always reach out, which makes me sad and makes me uh, feel like this is why this topic is so important for us to learn about. Um, I absolutely don't have to make up any of the cases that we've used in this program you know, I, I think because I'm, I'm pretty good at recognizing those nonverbals or I hear a microaggression that I think, or a comment that I think would be upsetting for a student. And I would say, I see it frequently, definitely, you know, a few times a month, if not every day, sometimes depending on the student that I have with me. Mm -hmm. It really is. It really is sad. And, you know, I think too, we, you know, coach students and prepare students to be thick-skinned and resilient on rotation. You know, we try to prepare them for the fact that they're going to maybe have challenging interactions with patients. They're going to have challenging interactions with preceptors, but I'm not sure we always take into context this kind of challenge that Mm -hmm. they might see and and recognize the difference in that, you know, some some challenges are character building and some challenges are just demeaning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's clearly a difference here in, in what we're talking about today. Yeah, I think what you had even started our conversation out with today is having individuals feel safe in a space. And we do have data that shows if if individuals don't feel safe in a learning environment, they're not learning to the capacity that they they could be. Um, They're so worried about needing to protect themselves that they miss out on the opportunity to learn what we're trying to teach them. Yeah. Do you have some some specific examples of how microaggressions or lack of a safe space have have impacted, you know, students that, you know, you've interacted with? Yeah, absolutely. And I think of one case, and this is is personal. Um, I have a rotation in a mental health system and I take students to uh, pharmacy medication education groups. And I do this um, multiple times a week throughout their five week rotation. And we walked into the unit one day and a patient said, what country are you from anyway? And then, you know, the student very politely said, well, I'm actually from Chicago. So I'm from the United States. And they said, well, what's your name? Can I even pronounce it? And so it was like multiple um, negative statements. And then what I found um, is that hesitation of that student wanting to go into those groups in the future. So even if that patient wasn't in that group anymore, that negative action by that other individual caused this student to be afraid almost to go into those groups um, for the rest of their five weeks. So that's probably one of the most significant examples that I can share, but I hate to think how many examples there are that we didn't know about that have impacted our students and their learning. Yeah, I can I can certainly see things like that occurring. So another thing that comes to mind for me, Anissa, is you know when you talk about those unspoken experiences that students are having, Um, You know, another reason students don't want to speak up is because they don't want to be perceived as creating problems or get into trouble themselves or, you know, potentially be told that they need to be a little bit tougher or whatever, or have those experiences just 
blown off, you know, as a, well, it's just, you know, that, that was an old person. They don't know what they're talking about or whatever. So can you talk with me a little bit about the preceptor's role, you know, when they witness situations like this, and, and maybe there's times even when a preceptor can predict that they might occur, depending on, you know, the audience that they're taking a student into or in front of. So talk a little bit about the role of the preceptor here in mitigating situations and, and also supporting students? Yeah, uh, something I like to say if a student comes up to me and shares their experience uh, related to a microaggression, I just simply say, thank you so much for sharing that with me. What can we do to talk through it? And sometimes the student just wants to talk about it a little bit. Sometimes they actually want an action step. But I think an important thing for a preceptor is to recognize that their experience is their experience. It's it's not ours. We're going to have a very different experience with things. And chances are, if they hear a derogatory term, um, it is not the first time they've heard that. And so it is multiple repeated almost injuries to them. And so they have a lot of that. I usually say like under the iceberg kind of type feelings, like mm -hmm. it might not be right on top, but man, it's sitting there and mm -hmm. um, kind of festering a little bit. And those reactions might be perhaps a little different and different than I would expect, but I would want to be very understanding. Something else I notice is sometimes students aren't uh, maybe comfortable coming up to us. And so a lot of times I'll say a phrase like something kind of, you know, didn't sit right with me during that patient encounter, do you want to talk about anything um, or what can we talk about? And that kind of opens the door to that conversation a little bit. Um, I think in relation to mitigating, um, I think that's hard because I'm not sure we all know what's going to happen. Um, mm -hmm. or, I mean, we'd like to always think the best intentions of people, but because these microaggressions and unconscious bias is, you know, just what that is unconscious. We, we don't know what people are going to say to our students or ourselves. And so maybe um, as I kind of think about this, just talking about, you know, on the first few days of your rotation or IPPE experience or whatnot, just to share that open communication or kind of open door between preceptor and student. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that might be the way we, we could mitigate that. Right. Starting to build that trust from the beginning of the experience. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I heard you um, talk about the importance of honoring their experience and also recognizing that while, you know, a situation may have been appalling or distressing to you, it's likely not the first time. It's one of many times that they've likely been in that situation. Right. Right. And that that damage runs deep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are there things that's preceptors that we shouldn't do in these situations? I mean, you know, we talk about what we should do. Are there things that we should avoid doing when we witness, um, an, you know, an interaction that is problematic? Yeah, I guess um, my main piece of advice is just don't um, shove it aside. Make sure you're addressing the issue because, again, we're, we can really impact or these microaggressions can impact the learning of our students. And so it may not be in the moment that you discuss it. So for an example, when I was sharing about the patient in the unit during a pharmacy medication education group, um, that probably isn't the place right there in that moment to talk about that with the student. But it's certainly that place when we walk back down to my office and can talk about that in private. So mm -hmm. I would say, please just don't brush things aside and really um, work on recognizing if your student feels uncomfortable uh, in a situation. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, this may seem obvious, but, you know, who are the students that are most likely to experience the situation? I know we talked about students of color. I assume, um, you know, students who are members of the LGBTQ plus community, trans students, you know, who are the other students we need to be aware that that may be more subjected to things like this? I would I probably mention like any student that doesn't or, you know, pharmacist or anyone else, but any as we focus on students, any student that has a marginalized uh, social identity. So someone that doesn't have that privilege in our workspace. Um, and that can be many things that can be age, that can be um, ability level. You know, we talked about race and ethnicity, um, sexual orientation. There are many kind of social identities that are seen as marginalized. And those would be the students I would mainly consider. Yeah. Okay. I think that's helpful to to call some of those groups out mm-hmm. so that we can be more aware and awake. Just in, in kind of conclusion, talk a little bit about, you know, why communication around this is so hard. Um, and, and maybe, you know, tips and strategies you might have for preceptors from a communication standpoint. I know you've talked a little bit about this, about creating that trusting environment, but maybe some, some practical, you know, approaches to that. I do think that conversations around this is, is definitely difficult because I think any conversations around diversity, equity, and inclusion right now, um, can be seen as kind of hot topics and can be difficult to talk about. Um, I think a challenge that I sometimes have is, I mean, I, I sit in a, a place of privilege and I'm, I'm the preceptor. I'm Caucasian. I'm a little bit, you know, middle-aged. And so I have a little bit of that privilege that those students don't have. And I think that becomes a barrier sometimes for that communication Um, so what, again, what I encourage everyone to do is say things like, thank you for telling me, you know, what do you need right now? What can I help you with? There's some acronyms that can be helpful, um, as we kind of, it kind of explore the impact that it has on those students focusing on next steps, like not just talking about it once for five minutes, but really seeing, you know, if you need to follow up on that or how we prevent that from happening, if, if we know they'll encounter that individual again. I think some other things, again, are just honestly just being open to the conversation, like encourage that conversation to build those strengths of those students. And I know we talk about resilience, but sometimes it's hard to be resilient to microaggressions um, because they catch you off guard from people you don't expect. And so just to support from the preceptor, if anything is is honestly just saying, thank you for sharing that with me. What can I do? Yeah. You know, as you're talking, you know, it makes me realize that microaggressions are about who you are, you know, about your identity, as you, you know, mentioned, as you were, you know, talking about recognizing your own, your own identity and, Mm -hmm. you know, the privilege in that, which is a completely different thing than someone not liking your shoes, you know, or. (laughs) Well, yeah. yeah, because we have as a preceptor, like ultimately we we have the power over their grade or yeah. their score. And so yeah. yeah, if they come to us and they're nervous about it, I, I can I can see why it's difficult to approach people because social identities are, you know, really focused on on privilege or feeling marginalized. Yeah, and the power structure that exists, mm-hmm. whether it's student teacher or student patient or whatever. But right. yeah. 
Um, well, thank you very much, Anissa, for chatting with me about this um, today. Again, thanks also for creating the course that we're going to talk about here in, in a couple of minutes. But I think this is such an important topic. And the more we can equip ourselves in practice settings to be prepared to support students, uh, the better learning environment we're going to be able to create. So thanks for chatting with me. Yeah, thank you for having me. So a few important takeaways for me here are that we must recognize when a student might be at risk for experiencing microaggressions in order to create a safe and trusting space for conversation when it occurs and to honor the student's experience even when we might not fully understand or appreciate the source of their distress. One thing Anissa discussed as a foundation for creating a trusting environment for her conversation was the importance of recognizing your own privilege and power within the preceptor-student relationship and how that might impact their willingness to communicate honestly with you versus just bury the experience where they may have been hurt or felt threatened. I recently completed a social identity mapping exercise. It was a simple exercise, but quite eye-opening for me to see where I fit on a range of socially constructed characteristics compared to other peers, colleagues, and learners. I've adapted a version of this exercise and linked it in the show notes for your use. You may find it helpful in reflecting on your own professional experience versus those of your students who may fall into one of the many marginalized groups that experience microaggressions on a regular basis. If you'd like to learn more about this topic, we have a number of resources for you. Um, first, Anissa has developed a full course on this very topic, A Preceptor's Guide to Handling Microaggressions. So check out the link in the show notes to access the course and learn more about supporting your students who may be at risk for this kind of discrimination. Another course, Overcoming Implicit Bias in Healthcare, discusses the implicit bias link to health inequities and helps healthcare professionals identify best practices for reducing implicit bias. Leading with Grace, Leveraging Diversity, Inclusion, and Equity in Your Pharmacy Practice will provide you with the knowledge, skills, and resources to gain a deeper understanding of systemic racism, its impact on the Black, Indigenous, and people of color community, and how to leverage your role in the pharmacy profession to impact sustainable change. Another course, or actually another uh, preceptive practice episode is uh, titled Identifying and Addressing Bias in Pharmacy Learners. You might wanna check this out. Um, some students can be the target of microaggressions, but others may carry bias that may negatively impact how they interact with or care for patients. So tune into this podcast episode for some strategies to mitigate situations like this and help your students gain awareness of their own potential biases. And lastly, uh, a recent Game Changers episode uh, touched on food insecurity and cardiovascular outcomes. This podcast was uh, focused on new research that connects food insecurity to poor health outcomes for cardiovascular patients. And as always, be sure to check out the full library of courses available for preceptors on the CE Impact website. Be sure to ask your experiential program director if you are a member so that you can access it all for free. Thanks again for joining me, and I'll see you next time on Preceptor Practice.